With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday morning to you guys. We've got all your action from Monday night around the NBA covered. I'm Dave DeFore, joined as I am each and every Monday by my man Trayvon Edwards. What's up, Trey? What's going on, Dave? How you doing? Yeah, things are good, Trey. Uh, you know, I think we're taking our uh, the blowouts and we brought them to Monday. That's how it feels right now. We got Brian Smith making sure that the show sounds good. Guys, don't miss out on the deal that we're running right now. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. You can sign up for just $3.99 a month. That's right. A year subscription to The Athletic. $3.99 a month, all access. You get the pods ad-free. You get all of our wonderful writing from our beat writers, from our analysts, from our columnists, all of that. $3.99 a month. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding to get that now. Coming up on today's show, we had an overtime game. The Pacers, whoo, crazy comeback for them against the Pelicans. But first, Trey, the Mavericks really handled the Rockets. Uh, they they beat them 113-100. They started this game on a 12-2 run, and they basically kept a comfortable lead, somewhere between 8 and 12 points for the majority of the game. Until the third quarter, Houston kind of came back, got it close, got it tied, and then all of a sudden, Luka and Tim Hardaway just took over. I always took this as a bad matchup for the Rockets. Anytime they face off with Luka, Luka always gets the best end of them. But you got P.J. Tucker. I don't know what's going on with P.J. Tucker right now. Played 35 minutes, zero points. Not the best scorer. Not the best. You know, what he does is the little things. But you can't play 35 minutes without getting a corner three at least. At least two. And this is really hurting him. I'm not sure what's going on with him and James Harden. If they're trying to, you know, get their way out of Houston or whatnot. But... You can't drop games like this. You know what I mean? It's early on, but it's a shorter season also. And those teams in those first 10, the first 20 games, if you drop a bunch of games, you're not going to make the playoffs going moving forward when it comes to April. Well, and the Rockets, honestly, they're better than losing by 13 points to the Mavs. And I know it's going to be a weird season, and you know we can't just take these knee-jerk reactions on every single game. But they were at full health. Like they really should have kind of taken it to the Mavs a little bit. And it never even felt like the game was in jeopardy for Dallas until that third quarter when the Rockets went small and really leaned on Christian Wood at, at the five. I, I thought that that sort of pace that they were playing with really bothered the Mavericks. They didn't they don't really have a center that could hang with them. Yeah, I mean Yeah, I think that's just gonna be a story of them for sure. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm high on Christian Wood. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking at a situation like that. But when they get it going and they're making shots and they're playing as a team and they're moving the ball and Luca's actually playing well and you look at the situation like some days you look at like oh the Mavericks are going to miss the playoffs and some days you're looking at it like oh well the Mavericks they're the team to beat and it's such a weird dynamic obviously and I think. 
they won't have their full strength until they get KP back. But the fact that they can still beat teams like the Rockets is a good sign for Mark Cuban and his organization. Absolutely. A great sign was the defense. You know, I, I thought that being able to hold the Rockets to 100 points, uh, which is right about 100 defensive rating, fantastic for the Mavericks in particular, given their the disadvantage they've got in the middle. They don't have a good defensive center. Powell hasn't really been great. They started Willie Cauley-Stein in this game just because they felt like they liked that matchup better. Willie Cauley-Stein and Maxi Kleba up against Christian Wood and, and DeMarcus Cousins. But the defense held up. They did a pretty good job there. They, they stayed active defensively, which is something that I'm not going to say it's been lacking, but let's just say it, it has waned here and there as this season has started. But I thought they did really well there. The guy that really was the star of the game to me was Tim Hardaway Jr. He came off the bench. He wasn't happy about it. And, and frankly, for one of the five or six best shooters in the league last season, I wouldn't be very happy about it either. But he had 30 points off the bench, went 8 of 10 from 3. Obviously, you know, Carlisle rides the hot hand at the end, and he stays out there and helps them seal the deal. They're not going to be able to bring him off the bench for very long. Like, they need him in that starting lineup. Yeah, absolutely. But again, like, you, you think about these random games of guys just going off and things of that nature. It's just like the Rockets need to do better. You're looking at it like this team is much better than what they are, whether they need to solve the situation. And I don't think it has zero to do with Harden or, or, or Tucker not being happy of being there. But these are games that they can't drop. They're clearly the better team. And the fact that the Mavericks get up for them every time, that's not a matchup they want to see in the playoffs. Josh Richardson had 15 points in this game. I really like that he's given them another attacker on offense. You know, it's something that has been an issue for for the Mavs since Luka's gotten there. They, they just don't have another guy who's dynamic off the dribble. What do you think about Josh Richardson so far playing next to Luka? It looks like that fit is going to wind up being really nice. If the Mavericks can retain him after this season, that would be a great get. I mean, Josh Richardson, you know, when it came to a situation in Philly where it wasn't working out, he went to management and said that he wanted to be traded. And the Mavs was the specific destination of one of the destinations he wanted to be at. And I think it's a great get. I mean, obviously, you know, he does what he does on on his end of the floor. And and obviously he can make three-pointers and do other things that are intangible. And for this roster, you just got to look at it like hopefully the Mavericks can keep him long term and, and he works out because this team can be dangerous when they're at full strength. Do you think the Rockets ultimately are just going to wind up with that small ball lineup being their their main lineup full time? It feels like to me that gives them the best chance to win. Yeah, I mean, they're fun, man, to watch, man. But when they're bad, they're bad. And that's the thing. It's just, yeah, it's. How, how how bad do you want to fall on the grenade for this scenario? And, like, I'm telling you, I was rooting for John Wall last week. And with every John Wall success, there's a bad Harden game. And then for every good Christian Wood game, there's a bad DeMarcus Cousin game. And when Or you can add P.J. Tucker to the mix. They need to all put it together, and I just don't see it happening. So they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs, but it could be a first-round exit if they don't fine-tune things and get guys to buy into what Coach Silas is trying to, to to incorporate with this team. So Boogie Cousins only played three minutes in this game. He was ejected. His second technical, I didn't even see what happened, but apparently he made a gesture at the referee that you know they didn't like. There were an incredible number of technicals in this game. Uh, I think there were seven 
if you count the ones for like three seconds. Boogie Cousins, fastest technical in the West. Two technicals in three minutes. How is that even possible, Trey? That's very possible when it's coming to – look what we're talking about. I mean, the only person that I think that can kind of push back on that is Rasheed Wallace, honestly. And in this situation, like, the refs are fed up. You know what I mean? Guys complain. They don't play ball. You know, they – they're just going away from the things that they're supposed to be doing. And once you, you're you hunting for calls or you feel that you should have got called and all that stuff, it's an easy tag. And in this situation, he got tossed. So I don't think he's in a position for him to do that. But at the end of the day, like, that's on the Rockets to make the decision. But I think that he needs to be more mindful and try to get the win for his team versus being emotional because it didn't fire him up. They didn't come out with the win. They didn't say, let's win this for Boogie. Clearly, the Mavericks were the better team. The Rockets have the Pacers on Wednesday, and the Mavericks have Denver on Thursday for their next games. But speaking of the Pacers, Trey, okay, this game against the Pelicans ended in pretty wild fashion. Victor Oladipo pulls up from deep, I mean, with seconds left in the game, and hits a deep three to bring the Pacers within three. Then they wind up getting a steal, and Miles Turner hits a game-tying three. (laughs) With eight seconds left, they take it into overtime, and it's a little bit back and forth in overtime. The Pacers wind up winning an OT. The big question for me, Trey, from this game, how come Zion was out for the first, I don't know, four minutes or so of overtime? What What is happening there? I honestly wish I could explain. That is, for them to be betting all in with this guy, I have the slightest clue of what's going on. He needs to be on the floor, plain and simple. Like, if you're going to go all in with this one guy and you feel that he needs to do it, just let him play. play, Let him play. And he was not playable in this situation. And it was just really bad because, you know, it's just resulting in that. And in that scenario, like, you know, you feel like Brandon Ingram's the all-star. He should be option number one. Not Zion, but we're at the point of, like, still trying to figure it out. And we don't know if Zion's conditioning if it's his body shape or whatever it is to be passing him the keys to be doing all this situation so again this falls back on griff this falls back on the coaching staff this falls out on like personnel and what they're trying to do with zion because i don't think they have a clue well victor oladipo is looking great he had 25 points in this game to me physically he looks at his peak like he looks like he did pre-injury but the confidence is back. That was something I thought was missing last year. You know, when when he had his ups and downs, it seemed like they were affecting him a little bit more. But tonight, like I said, he he walked right into, you know, a 30-footer to put him within 3 at the end of this game. And I don't know if I've seen him this confident since that injury. Yeah, now it's been a while. I mean, obviously, you know, you you root for the guys that have been banged up and and you hope that they can return to their physical play of where they were and Obviously, this is a good one for Vic, you know what I mean? Like, especially the things that he's went through. And obviously, with T.J. Warren going down, like, these are the things that they're really counting on. So, you know, good for him overall. And I do agree that he's peaked, too. I don't think that he's going to get any better than this. And I think that the Pacers are going to make some noise if they match up with certain people. But like I said, good for Vic because last year he was a shell of himself. And he's starting, I think, to kind of 
put it all together and try to be that player that he was beloved. Well, and especially since they're missing T.J. Warren, they actually really need that if they want to stay as competitive as they are. And I think the Pacers might be really good. Speaking of which, I, I totally glossed over this. Malcolm Brogdon hit a game winner at the end of that OT with like less than two seconds left. He had 21 in the game. It's pretty amazing to watch what they can do with Oladipo and Brogdon both healthy and playing together from the start of the season. I actually think that those two are starting to figure out how to play together. Obviously, DeMontis Sabonis having an, an amazing season so far. Continues in this game, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Miles Turner had 17 points. I think we've been sleeping on the Pacers so far this year. Yeah, you know what? I think they're the dark horse to win the Central. And I, I, that's not a hot take, but when you really think about it, like they have Sabonis is playing really well, Vic showed us something tonight you know what i mean like overall and yes they dropped teacher warren but i don't think teacher warren is out for the season if he can return or other guys step up they had a chance to do something you know what i mean like and I, that's the thing that you kind of got to respect because obviously you know since the beginning whether they hated nate mcmillan or not they like playing for this this new coach and he's getting the best out of them and, and guys are going to continue to produce and that's a scary matchup, just like how Miami was last season for Milwaukee. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In news, Kevin Durant is going to miss four games due to the NBA's COVID-19 health and safety protocols. He was exposed to a positive COVID-19 case. Now, in Durant's instance, he actually tested positive for COVID in March and continues to test positive for antibodies. So there's a couple of things at play here. First, let's start with the Nets and just talk about what that means for them on the court. Of course, they lost Spencer Dinwiddie, and now they're losing Kevin Durant for the next four games. All of a sudden, this team that had a ton of depth and a ton of playmaking is now got to figure out what it's going to do for the next week without it. I personally don't think that they can win a ball game without Kevin Durant. I mean, they have been dropping plenty of games to teams that they should be blowing out the water. But outside of Kyrie and and, uh, and Kevin Durant, I don't think they can score the basketball. We've passed the ranks as Karis LeVert, you know, I mean, who's picked to be sixth man of the year, a guy that could potentially be a third, man, third option, has yet to show 
that he's in the same breath of these guys. And when those guys are out the game or if they're staggered, they're still not successful. I mean, you got guys like TLC stepping up, Joe Harris. They're still giving up tons of points in the paint. They're giving up tons of transition points. It's just not one of the most exciting basketball teams to watch that we've expected in preseason. And I know they have applied for an injury trade exemption and things of that nature. And hopefully the NBA approves it. But they got a lot. They got a lot of micromanaging to do. I mean, I would like for Steve Nash to give you know Bruce Brown a little bit more time. But TLC is also playing well and. I've got a chance to listen closely to, to Steve Nash and saying that he's a first-year coach and the first-year adjustments, and he's giving guys chances to adjust to not calling timeouts and fixing things of their own. I don't think this team is there yet to handle that responsibility. I think that he needs to step in and coach more and be have more teachable moments versus saying that this is such a veteran group and that they can figure it out because they're – they're losing really, really bad games. And with Kevin Durant being out seven games, that's a tough time to, to drop some games, whether it's two or three games. That's not going to be great. Well, let me ask you this, Trey. If it goes as poorly as you expect, and let's say they go 0-4, that's obviously worst-case scenario without KD. Do you feel like the impetus to make a trade becomes greater and that they are for sure going to start turning over every single rock looking for another guy? Or do you think the James Harden noise gets louder? No, I don't think that they go after Harden. I think that ship has sailed because they just don't have enough pieces to put together. I do think that they need to add another smaller piece. However, they do decide to do that, and I think it needs to be focused on defense or the in-court or the front-court presence and look towards that way. I mean, I've been very high on them trying to go pursue P.J. Tucker and get him out of a situation where he maybe – be inspired or feel that he's playing for contention. But, yeah, I just don't think that they just kind of overhaul and things of that nature. Outside of maybe four or five guys, it's very shaky to try to contend something, especially with what's, the, what's going on in the Pacific, you know, in the Pacific uh, division and uh, with the Lakers. A little bit of injury news. Unfortunately, uh, Dante Exum had to leave the Cavs-Knicks game a little bit early uh, with a non-contact lower leg injury. Uh, We have no specifics on the injury yet, but we're hoping for the best. Uh, Hopefully it is not, you know, what we all think it looks like. Speaking of the Cavs, they lost to the Magic 103-83. to The Magic are 5-2, Trey. They might be sneaky, sneaky okay. I'm not gonna go that far, but no, I, we're but, not going. But, but I really, but I really enjoy it. I do. Yeah, you know, before took their second loss, they were an undefeated team, and it was a joke about who knew that the Magic would be one of the best teams in the league, and they didn't get their love during the power rankings. But they're still an NBA team, and 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 what they've been doing for the past couple of seasons is making the playoffs. So if they can crack the AC, AFC again, that's a win for them. I just can't believe they beat the Cavs. The Cavs were rolling. Uh, Knicks beat the Hawks. Uh, the Knicks are now four and three, and and bigger than that, I, they beat the Hawks that are a good team. But Trey, like they just look competent, and it's such a departure from where they've been the last few years. Julius Randle has just started this season on an incl- incredible run, and he continued tonight: twenty eight points, seventeen rebounds, nine assists. This is actually really good stuff. And it's not just the wins, because they could be three and four, one game different, and people will feel differently about them, but I don't, because I'm watching this this team play. They're connected defensively, and on offense, guys are actually 
trying to make the best play, the right play. And that's a huge improvement. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to start with Julius Randle, but I mean, guys are just... He's been good. No, no, seriously. he. I think I've seen something that was statistically that he's playing better than Luka Doncic, but also he has a certain average that's more than Anthony Davis, too. But it's the Knicks, and obviously it's the laughable thing, and like the Knicks don't deserve nice things, but good for the Knicks. I hope it... I hope it lasts. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't think basketball world is resolved when the Knicks are playing in playoff basketball, but they actually did something right this offseason. It wasn't any crazy signings. They didn't bring any crazy players that were, like, that has a name or anything. They're just pretty much getting it done. You know what I mean? And, like, obviously, Alfred Payton is playing, like, a guy in a morgue that has a cold hand and doesn't want to give the dead thing away. And then you got quickly that's on his heels, that's trying to get some plans, you know what I mean, trying to, to, to be that guy. And I think that's healthy competition in, in New York. So Tibbs got those guys tipping and, you know, R.J. Barrett playing Derrick Rose-like minutes. <laughs> you know, like you can go down the line, but, like, it's a good sign in New York, you know what I mean? And, and I can honestly say being shocked that the Knicks are playing better basketball than the Nets right now. Yeah, and, you know, I'm glad you brought up RJ. He's been fantastic. He had 26, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals in this game. But the assists, like, forget about the assists, but the playmaking from him has been fantastic. It's something that we saw flashes of last year, but he's getting the more opportunities this year, I think. And he's paired really well with, with Julius Randle. I mean, those guys apparently are just going to be playing 40-plus minutes a night. That's Tom Thibodeau basketball. But I will say it's nice to see quickly out there. It's nice to see Mitchell Robinson out there. It's nice to see that he's actually like putting the ball in some of his young guys' hands. And I get what he's trying to do, mixing – you know, the young guys and the vets. And, and so far it's working. I would like to see them make the playoffs. I think that would be a lot of fun, at least make the play in. And if we've got fans in Madison Square Garden by then, that could be really, really fun. It's been a long time since we've seen playoff basketball in the garden. So uh, we should all be rooting for that. Maybe not. Maybe not. The Sixers beat the Hornets. Sixers look great, just like we all predicted. Celtics beat the Raptors. Trey, look, we talked about this on Nerder last week. The Raptors have had the worst half-court offense in the league since last year. It has not improved at all this year. Something's got to give. I'm not sure what it is, but they definitely need a number one guy. You can't win basketball games without a number one guy. Like, I mean, the team narrative is only for the movies. <laughs> it's only so far you can go with a team. Like, you know, like, you know that. Like, you can do everything right, get there, and just talent outweighs it. Outside of the 04 Pistons, and who else? And you really think about those teams that's just really just rocking with the team stuff. And they still had guys that were overly contributing. So, in this situation, yeah. Bucks beat the Pistons. That one was probably never really in doubt. Giannis had 43. Uh, I can't believe he didn't score 50. And then the Warriors beat the crap out of the Kings, 137-106. Steph Curry with 30 and three quarters. So this could have been a game from 2015. They looked awesome. Oubre finally breaking out from his slump to start the year. And, I mean, they look like a totally different team with Draymond Green out. Let's just give the credit where it's due. Yes, Steph has scored 92 points in the last seven quarters of basketball that he's played. But Draymond Green has changed this team completely on both ends of the basketball. Dre, you know, the night that Steph had 62 and got his career high, Dre had one point and people were making jokes about, you know, questioning and things. It's so many unstatic things that he does 
that is so important, whether it's slipping, whether it's getting a guy open, whether it's just directing, coach on the floor, extension, just keeping guys just in the mix is super important. I think that's the value stat of everything. So, like I said, I won't say this team is going to make the playoffs, but I do say that they're a better basketball team when Draymond Green is on the floor. And, you know, obviously Steph Curry is being disrespected. Legacy is being questioned. Things of that nature. I'm glad he responded the way he did because that is Jordan-esque. But, again, we're talking about the greatest shooter of all time. And he's going to continue to be able to do this for the rest of his career because it doesn't require too much. You know, if, if they don't make the playoffs, it doesn't define anything. He doesn't even have to be the player to lead them to the first round because he doesn't even rely on shot attempts. You have to beg him to shoot because he's passing up shots. So hopefully things turn around for them. But if not, they're going to go and bank on and get some young guys and try to figure it out. Let's just, for the record, put this out there. Steph Curry and Draymond Green combined averaging 49 points a game for the last two games. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about all the other shows we have on the Athletic Podcast Network. We've got the Athletic NBA show. we got No Dunks. You guys know all of the shows. We've also got all of our team shows. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Sign up. $3.99 a month. Theathletic.com slash daily ding. If you haven't signed up at this point, I'm going to take it personally. It's time to sign up. New year, new you, $3.99, theathletic.com slash daily ding. Go do it right now. Thank you guys for waking up with us. It really is a pleasure. Trey, take us home. Ding, ding.